Jesus says that how can you believe when you accept praise from one another and do not seek the praise that comes only from God? Good morning, Christian America. Jesus, in chapter 5 of John's gospel, is first confronted by doing work on the Sabbath. He's put on trial and in public in front of the Pharisees and the religious leaders briefly. They try to rebuke him, but Jesus turns the table. He explains a little bit of his origin, and then he rebukes those hypocrites who know nothing about the spirit of the law. They have their mind in the wrong places. Their hearts are hardened. Let us not fall into their trap. Let us listen to Jesus's words today and follow his advice. Let's get into the word of God, the gospel according to John chapter five. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort. If you like what we do, if you support what we're trying to do here, which is spread God's message through inspiration, education, and information on what's going on in the world today and what scripture says about life in general and how to apply the word of God to our lives today to help us live a better life, to help us be inspired to live a better life through Christ, through the scriptures, through the gospels, through his example, and with love in our hearts for him and for each other. Friends, if you support that mission, we don't ask for your donation. We ask for your participation. Participate by going uh, to christianamericantees.com and pick yourself up some Christian American apparel. Also, participate in the community by simply subscribing and liking and sharing this video, this podcast, uh, subscribing to this YouTube channel, this Rumble channel. Friends, today we're going to get into the end of um, the gospel according to John chapter five. And so if you followed us in the past two weeks, we've been, it's taken us two weeks. This is week number three to cover the fifth chapter of God of John's gospel. Remember two weeks ago, we read to you, explained to you, Jesus performing a miracle, helping the lame, the cripple who was crippled for 38 years in front of this pond, hoping that magic would save him and heal him. At that moment, Jesus arrives asks him if he wants to be healed. He explains about why he hasn't been healed. Jesus isn't hearing any of it. He has faith in Jesus. Jesus heals him and he walks. And they, the religious leaders that are watching this play out, they rebuke Jesus. They try to put him on trial. They ask him a bunch of questions. Who do you think that you are? You're working on the Sabbath. And Jesus is responding to them, explaining to, him, explaining to them and, and to us, the reader, the audience, what he's doing, why he's doing it. He is the son of man. He has the authority that the Sabbath uh, was created for man, not man for the Sabbath. And so we're going to continue down this line of, uh, of explanation that Jesus gives to his accusers. But then at the end of this chapter, you'll see that he turns it around and he starts to rebuke the people who dare to question him. He he starts to rebuke the uh, religious authority of his day in a righteous manner. I want to bring this to you. Uh, as always, we show this to you. We read it to you so you cannot be uh, fooled. You, you won't be led astray. You can hear what scripture has to say itself. And so again, uh, the gospel according to John chapter five, starting at verse 31, 
Jesus is continuing this line of, of thought. If I testify on my own behalf, my testimony cannot be verified. But there is another who testifies on my behalf, and I know that the testimony he gives on my behalf is true. You sent emissaries to John. They mean John the Baptist. And he testified to the truth. I do not accept testimony from a human being, but I say this so that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp. And for a while, you were content to rejoice in his light. But I have testimony greater than John's. The works that the Father gave me to accomplish, these works that I perform, testify on my behalf that the Father has sent me. Moreover, the Father who sent me has testified on my behalf. But you have never heard his voice nor seen his form, and you do not have his word remaining in you because you do not believe in the one whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think you have eternal life through them. Even they testify on my behalf, but you do not want to come to me to have life. And this is where Jesus in verse 41 starts to turn the tables on his accusers. He says, I do not accept human praise. Moreover, I know that you do not have the love of God in you. I came in the name of my father, but you do not accept me. Yet, if another comes in his own name, you will accept him. How can you believe when you accept praise from one another and do not seek the praise that only or that comes from the only God? Do not think that I will accuse you before my father. The one who will accuse you is Moses in whom you have placed your hope. For if you had believed Moses, you would have believed me because he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Strong rebuke from Jesus in this passage. As we described, he's being accused. He's, he's, he's informally put on trial in front of these religious leaders. And when, he, um, and when he's rebuking them, when, he, well, when he's answering their questions, trying to explain himself, like this is give, gives me the authority, you, you even recognize some of it sometimes because you followed John, being John the Baptist. Jesus gives praise to John, saying he was a burning and shining light. And even you rejoiced in his words up until a point, up until a point where it got difficult. John had a bunch of followers at the beginning until it got difficult, until John started talking about the one to come that is greater than I. And when John called, called others to repent for their sins, and then he went after those in power for doing, the, doing wrong deeds to be to, to only caring about themselves rather than the people, only carry, caring about their status uh, rather than caring about the word of God. And so when John's gospel, or excuse me, when John's teachings got tough, people fell away from it. Jesus is kind of giving uh, allude to that, saying, look, you, you followed him for a while. You basked in his warmth, but you rejoiced in his light is the word that Jesus says. He goes, but listen now, I have greater testimony than John because John is testifying about me. He says, I have the works that I do testify about me. Look at all these things that I've done. He just healed a man 
right before this who had been crippled for 38 years. And he did it whenever he wanted to. He's healed the lame. He's given sight to the blind. He helps people in their lives. He's, he brings people back from the dead. He does all of these works that testify to who he is. He's, he calls himself, uh, he says that him and himself and the father are one. He talks about the Holy Spirit later as his spirit. This is the teaching of the Trinity in the way that Jesus provides uh, to us readers and to uh, those who were accusing him. He says, you search the scriptures. This is and, and, and this is going to be difficult for Christians, some Christians, to understand. He's rebuking the religious leaders by only looking at the scriptures as they understand. He says, you search the scriptures because you think you have eternal life through them. But even they testify on my behalf. So when we read the scriptures... First and foremost, we can't assume because we read scripture, as I just read it to you, that through the scriptures, through the writings of Moses, as Jesus alludes to, that you can have eternal life. He specifically says, you think that, but that's not true. But even if you did read the scriptures appropriately, they testify about me. And so if you're reading them and you don't see me, then you're not reading them appropriately, which means you can't have eternal life through them. Later on, he comes down in, in a, a few verses later and verse 40, 46, he says, for if you had believed Moses, you would have believed me. You would have believed me because he wrote about me. But if you do not believe in his writings, how can you believe my words? Right, Because that's the pillar that the religious leaders are standing on. They're standing on the pillar of Moses. They're standing on the Torah. They're standing in the first few books of the entire Bible, but the first few books of uh, um, the Old Testament. And there's nothing wrong with them. Those are, it's the word of God. But read incompletely, read without the knowledge of Jesus, read without the faith of God and the words behind the meaning behind the words, the spirit of the law, read in a, in a, in a, in a mere superficial fashion and something that I can only under, understand at the time leaves you falling short. That's why Proverbs says to lean not on your own understanding. We shouldn't be so hardened in because that we think something that it must be true. Because we don't know the word of God in totality. We can only read what we read. And that's why when we reread scripture, sometimes different pieces stick out to us. You can read the same gospel over and over and over again. And each time, depending on the time and the place and the mentality and the mindset that you're, that you're in at the time, God can speak to you in a variety of ways. And so we can't just read it once or read it partially and then think that we fully understand the word of God as these hypocrites do. And Jesus rebukes them for it. And then he says, I'm not going to be the one to, to, to accuse you to my father. You're going to be accused by Moses, whom you place so much trust in. Because they're following they're trying, or at least that, that's the idea, is that they're following the letter of the law. 
And Jesus doesn't come to get rid of the letter of the law, but he comes to fulfill his words, to fulfill the law. He comes to give the spirit of the law. Jesus references this a few other times in a few other gospels. When they ask him what well, Moses said, dot, 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 dot. Moses said, if you wanted to have a, a divorce, you could, the man could issue a divorce decree to the woman, dot, 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 dot. Why, why is that? Jesus at that point says, it was because of the hardness of your hearts that he gave you that law. But I tell you that you should not commit adultery. And one who divorces his wife and sleeps with another wife, it commits adultery. Even further, that if you look on a woman with lust, that you commit adultery. He explains the law. He fulfills the law. He, he provides the spirit of the law. Sure, you could follow all the Ten Commandments, but if you just if you just follow these two, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, love each other as you love yourself, then you'll fulfill the ten. He explains it to us, and it's only through his death and eventually in his eventual resurrection and his ascension into heaven and the, the, the words and the guidance that he leaves us through the writings of, of the apostles later who have interactions with Jesus, who recall these things through the apostle Paul and his conversion. It's only through the totality of scripture with the understanding that Jesus is the son of man, that he is God. He is one of three, father, son, Holy Spirit. It's only in that mindset that we can even begin to scratch the surface of the totality and the meaning of the biblical scriptures. So if you think that you're going to read it once as a cursory glance, you're making your decisions, and that's what you're going to stand on for the rest of time, chances are you're going to fall woefully short. So it's a constant learning. It is a constant information gathering uh, operation. It's a constant thirst for the word of God and, 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 and seeking him within our lives, not just intellectually, but intellectually, but also emotionally, psychologically, friends, physically, physically loving and taking care of one another, doing the deeds that he calls us to do, living the life that he calls us to live, being joyful and generous and kind, making friends and loving friends, making even those who are not your friends, who may want the worst for you, Jesus says to love them anyway, to forgive the sins that are committed against you, and you ask for forgiveness of the sins that you've done. All of these things and so much more are more than just the letter of the law. They're more than just scripture. They're the example that he set and the example and the guidance and the inspiration that he gave the disciples following his resurrection and ascension into heaven, that they lived out the life that he called them to as an example of us to do the same because we're not Jesus. And neither were those apostles. They were regular people, just like us. And they managed to work diligently to live their life the way that Jesus told them because they spent so much time with him. They had an interaction with him. And so we can follow all of these things through scripture, through the tradition of the apostles, which transforms into the church as we know it, that takes over so much of the world, not through the sword, not through violence, but through conversion, through love. That's the power 
of Jesus's ministry that lives on today? Should we choose to recognize it? Should we choose to live it? And that's what we encourage you to do today is live it. Friends, if you like what we're trying to do here, if, if you're a, a, a supporter of providing inspiration, information, education on our, on our faith and growing our community, re, in revitalizing the Christian faith across our nation, we don't ask for your money. But there's a lot, there's plenty of organizations that ask for money and they can use your money. We're not one of them. We just want you to subscribe to this YouTube channel, subscribe to this Rumble channel, subscribe to this podcast, wherever you're listening to it. Share it with your friends and live the life that God calls you to. Recognize that there is one greater than us. And it's in whom it's in him whom you should rely on. Not your politicians, not your local leaders, not the person who sits in the front of your church and stands at the uh, at the pulpit and gives words. All of those people are fallen and they're all sinful. They all make mistakes. They're not the worst of who they are, but they're also not the best of who they are either. They're somewhere in between. So we always got to rely on Jesus and we've got to re rely on the tradition that he gives us, that he's provided for us. And with that, friends, until Friday, you guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.